This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool 3, Manchester City 1. Darwin nods the Reds to success as Haaland flatters to deceive. It's the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. Coming up, we'll bring you all the reaction you need as Jurgen Klopp finally gets his hands on the Community Shield to complete a domestic clean sweep in charge of the Reds. We'll bring you Klopp's press conference in full as well as hear from a number of our Reds regulars. Before that, though, let's get to King Power Stadium where waiting for us is Tom Cavilla alongside the Echo's chief Liverpool writer, Ian Doyle. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, we're here at the King Power Stadium at Leicester and Liverpool are playing the first silver of the season. They are the Community Shield champions. Can we say champions, Tom? I think so, yeah. They've won by three goals to one and we're going to dig a little bit deeper into that win over Manchester City. Obviously, Liverpool qualified as FA Cup winners since he won the Premier League last season. The traditional curtain raised for the new campaign, which apparently I didn't on my contract, I have to say it's called that. Anyway, Liverpool took the lead after 21 minutes to Trent Alexander Arnold. Tom, a shot deflected in off the head of Nathan Ackley, and that was kind of what Liverpool deserved at that point. Yeah, they started really well. I thought in the game uh, we saw Mohamed Salah causing all kinds of problems with Jao Cancelo down the right side. Um, I just think within the five, first five minutes of the game, you know, he managed to beat him, cut inside into the area, and take that shot, which hit the side netting. Um, and then after that, City, you know, struggling to kind of get any foothold on the game, create any major openings. And when Trent scored that goal, you know, it was a deserved lead. Liverpool had been on top, majority of possession. And uh, I think if you're a City fan, you could kind of see it coming a little bit. Because mm, there was a bit of concern, wasn't there, about Liverpool's preparations for this game? Because they'd had a few iffy results and certainly a few iffy performances during uh, the preparations. But City had only had two friendlies and they took a while to get going and Liverpool capitalised on that, didn't they? Yeah, I thought City did look a bit slow sort of early on in the game. Uh, later on in the match, I think when they, particularly when they brought on substitutes, uh, Alvarez in particular, it did look a bit more lively. But yeah, like you say, whenever you see sides in pre-season, it's usually the ones that have had a bit more preparation, more minutes, that always look a bit sharper. And, and Liverpool did look like that team. You know, I think City have had two matches, is it? I think yeah, they yeah. played. Um, and Jurgen Klopp's obviously been mentioning the importance of having more friendlies. He wants to play another game next week um, after Liverpool's first match of the season. And that's probably why, because he feels Liverpool need to get, you know, even after that point, they're still not quite up to speed. And um, yeah, City definitely weren't, you know, didn't look like the side that were. Now Alvarez scored the equaliser with, I think it was 20 minutes going, but then since, since that moment, it, this main story became Darwin Nunes. I mean, this game was billed as Nunes against Haaland. Erling Haaland was making his first competitive uh, game, game for Manchester City. He actually started the game. We'll come on to him in a minute because he, he had a poor miss at the end. And I thought Matip and Van Dijk, while they played him quite well, I thought City kind of struggled to, to get him into the game because they're playing a different style with a different kind of number nine. And that's the thing that Liverpool are still, you know, trying to contend with with Nunes. I mean, it'll come for the pair of them. But for Nunes, in fact, Klopp made the right call. He started with Firmino, then brought on Nunes when City were towering a little bit. And within a few minutes, he'd nearly taken Edison's face off with a shot that kind of hit him. He possibly could have yeah. scored there. Um, then he won a penalty uh, with a header that was handled by Diaz. I mean, obviously, Craig Porton didn't spot it at the time. The, uh, the AR spotted it and, uh, and Porton changed his mind and gave the spot kick. Mm. And then, obviously, the big moment for him, though, was in injury time when he... He gets the goal across from Salah headed down by Robertson and he, you know, he stooped to conquer by nodding, nodding in 
from close range and I thought it was quite interesting the you know the celebrations well we you know we, I'm sure if Liverpool would have lost this game we'd have gone well it's finished you know who's that bothered about it but with it being City with it being just the way that the game was it was a great, I know a lot of people were complaining this game well obviously it couldn't be played at Wembley because the Euros women's Euros final is, is, is on Sunday yeah it could have been played somewhere else certainly it took people a long time to get in. It took us three hours and we left here quite early. I've heard stories of people from Manchester and Liverpool taking four hours to get here. But it was a great atmosphere in here. Yeah. Not the biggest ground, it was a good atmosphere and it kind of added to it. So when Nunes scores and he runs over, just over there actually, to that corner, he's celebrating the pyro, pyro's going off. It, it, it meant a lot to him and yeah. it meant a lot to Liverpool as well because there's this great weight that's been lifted off his shoulders. Yeah, there's obviously, there's definitely pressure on Haaland and Nunes. Um, Haaland scored on his debut of City against Bayern. So, you know, he immediately sort of got that, got that one off his back, um, whereas Nunes obviously didn't manage to do that um, for Liverpool. Eventually got the four goals against RB Leipzig, but already by that point he had people, you know, on his case, rival the, supporters. The compilation kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on his case, you know, saying, oh, why have Liverpool signed him? We've, you know, we've got Haaland, look what he's done. But you can see it today, you know, City were just trying to find him at every opportunity, you know, playing balls into the box to him. And like you said, Matip and Van Dijk dealt with it really well throughout the game. Um, he never really caused any real danger, I didn't think, you know, you know Matip and Van Dijk were winning all the battles in the air, you know, out-strengthening him, um, and by the end of the game, you could just see his look, look on his face and that miss, you know, it was just a case of, you know, it, it was my day today, and it certainly was Nunez's day, as you saw at the other end. Um, came on as a sub against Leipzig, when he got the uh, four goals, came on at half-time, he only needed half an hour today to uh, have a massive contribution, so, you know, that kind of thing is going to do him well, good for his confidence going forward because as a striker, your, your game is very much about confidence. You know, we've seen it so many times. Players go through a bad run. It's hard to get back to that good form. Um, so if he's you know, been able to do that performance against a side like City, he's going to you know, be feeling confident against every team he plays next season. I mean, the good thing about Nunes as well is that it seems that Liverpool are already finding ways of getting him into the game. So Liverpool didn't score from a lot of crosses. And they managed to get, you know, the penalty was from a cross, and the, the, the third goal was from a cross as well. But integral to that, and all the way through the game, you mentioned it before, was Mohamed Salah. And we got he's, he's signed his contract, so he's kind of got that. Well, he didn't really. I didn't think it really kind of like affected his game too much. It didn't look like it did, but the numbers suggested that it did in terms of his goal output in the latter half of last season. Although there were obviously other reasons he played the African Cup of Nations and had a bit of a, you know, had a blow of that, and then not qualifying for the World Cup. So. Uh, you look at the performance today though, he's involved in all three goals, you mentioned just set Cancelo, he'd just like to get forward, not so keen on getting back, he, he, he caused him a lot of problems, and while it's just like, it's incredible to think now, he's been there for five years now, and he's still playing at that, such that high level, and he's still knocking the game out, in a, you know, a game like this when he obviously scored the penalty as well for the second one, and it was here last season where he missed the penalty yeah. the other yeah. uh, playing, playing against Leicester, so he's, you know, a little bit of a bonus for him, but he's just such a good player, isn't he? Yeah, I think uh, the Echoes local correspondent Paul Gorse said something similar recently. He was backing Salah to have you know, a, a campaign similar to the first half of last season, where he was so good in you know, all of those matches in the opening three or four months. But like you said, his form did drop off in the second half of the season. Uh, we saw Sadio Mane obviously then you know, stepping forward. But I think again, it comes down to confidence. Like I was saying before, you know, he came back on the back of two painful defeats um, with his country. 
probably found that a bit hard to get over, especially with Sadio Mane and the team who you know knocked him out on both occasions. Um, but yeah, like you said, he's got the contract out of the way. That was probably you know a major issue for him. You know, he was referring to it a lot, doing interviews, just make, you know making sly comments about the contract. Um, so now that this is sorted, you know you would imagine he's going to be back on confidence, back to you know top performances for Liverpool and it's going to be exactly what Jürgen Klopp and the rest of the team need. Well, that just about does here for the King Power Stadium. Liverpool have won the first trophy this season and will it be a barometer for what's to come? We'll soon find out. Jürgen, what can you say about the impact of Darwin Nunes? It was good. It was really good. Um, it was clear that it will, that it will get better with time. Um, we live in a world where everybody gets judged you know, on first sight. That is not helpful for nobody, but it happens then constantly. We are, were today not. Um, both teams were not 100% of their physical, um, usual um, or situation, if you want. Um, but in the first few games, we were not even close to the, to the, to the fitness level today. Um, and then when he came on, we passed each ball in his, uh, in, for him to, to, to chase it. After the third ball, he was completely killed. And then everybody judges first touches and these kind of things. It's, it's just a joke. But we have to live with that. And he deal with it brilliantly. And we um, um, we are patient. And we, we knew that he um, can do good stuff. Um, and I liked his impact today. I liked the impact. For him, the highlight of the game is as good as we were. Uh, the impact of him from the bench was really exceptional. Everybody who came on was immediately in the game. Very, very, very helpful. Top sign. Good game. Good start from us. Then City um, took over a while, which cost us really. <laughs> because we, we had to run a lot. Then we could come back in the game when we had done possession. City had to run a lot and then we could finish the game off with nice goals. So um, I think a good watch the whole game. Um, both both teams used what was available today, um, and that's what we could have expected, and that's what happened. You, you mentioned you were encouraged how everyone made an impact, even off the bench. How encouraging is that actually when you lose someone like Sadio Mane and you have to bring new players in, and, and for it still to feel as effortless as it did today? As Effort, in effortless. As in there, sorry, yeah, wrong, wrong choice of word, perhaps, but yeah, wow. the performance was impressive. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's a job. That's a job to do. But uh, this is a job not for four weeks preseason. It's a job for obviously a longer period. But it, uh, this team is always has always open arms for everybody who comes in, um, and that's very helpful. And um, that's why it goes maybe a little bit quicker. But um, um, I liked how I said the first line. I liked a lot how we started. I liked a lot. It was really good football. We used the, the size of spaces, but and, and, and kept. City away from our goal in the moment when they start controlling it, then it's then it's even harder work, and that's uh, why you should try to avoid that. Um, so a little bit ups and downs in the game, and uh, yeah, not just in the end. We, we we both teams fought really hard, and we could make the decision in last minute or so. So really cool. Cool. <laughs> Hi again. Um, so you mentioned how obviously you're not fully up to speed yet physically on either side. So how pleasing is it for you to see how Liverpool regain control in the last 10-15 minutes? Really, is you know so early in the season, pre-season really? How pleasing is that? 
everything was I, I like the whole game look we're that early um, I like the problems you have, we have in the game especially when you win it in the end but I really like the problems because you can work and you have to work on it and I know we have to work and I said we said it before we have to extend our preseason at least for two more weeks um, there's no other chance um, we cannot just now go in the normal rhythm and, and, and play a week, uh, games at the weekend and then we are not prepared for the, the, the three games a week which we'll have from I don't know exactly from when on in three four weeks um, so yeah it, it was for me a really nice watch it's the most difficult opponent you could get um, they, they, they will not get they don't get worse or whatever they just um, they, they, they strengthen and improve and develop and you see the squad the boys they could bring on um, is very experienced quality proven quality and we have space to prove quality from bench but I'm really excited about it what's what's coming there I love Harvey's impact um, Fabio came a bit late not only because of set pieces we were not sure how to <laughs> how to deal then with it um, with deserve playing longer Mili is the, I don't know sure which level he can reach this year to be honest <laughs> it looks very promising with Mili um, Curtis um, and Nabi wow when he came on so it, it's just good and the boys who were sitting out, uh, out were not involved today. In good shape as well. So that was the impression I had after preseason. But then you need a game, a real game, to, to, to show uh, how far you are. And for tonight, we were, it was absolutely okay. As you say, Jürgen, it's, you know, it's a joke to judge a player on one game or two games in preseason. But how important on the other side can it be, for, particularly for a striker like Darwin, in a showpiece game like that, his first big one in England? How much confidence can you take from that? Oh, oh definitely. Yeah, we all know it's a special species, strikers. Um, and the other thing that everybody needs, everybody needs a, a little um, positives. And for strikers, that means goals or goal, goal involvements. I think Darwin would have been fine even without scoring the third one because the the, the, the penalty was um, Millie's cross, his header. Um, the chance he had before, well, he did really well, but Ederson reacted brilliantly. And um, so, yeah, but the goal obviously is then the, the, the icing on the cake. And um, so, really pleased for him. You could see in his face, you could see in the face of, of all his teammates how happy the boys are for him uh, and that's a really good sign after that short period of time that he's with us the post game podcast on the blood red channel mike holt from go in the match podcast with my review on liverpool 2 man city 1 um in the community shield final um it's always nice to start off the season with a trophy isn't it um and you know I mean, in past seasons gone by, City have had the better of us in those sort of in that competition, um, and you know we've sort of shrugged it off and said it doesn't really mean much. But you know, it isn't. It is nice to win trophies, isn't it? It's a good habit to be in. Um, it's nice for the new lads that have just signed to get a medal around the necks. Um, and in terms of the actual game, I thought we played really well. Um, we we sort of done what I was hoping and. And making the fans feel like we're ready for the still they're ready for the season. And certainly looking by the stands, the fans are now as well. You can see the scenes at the end there from the Travelling Cop. But um yeah, they, they, they really look on it, the boys. Um you can't really look into previous uh preseason games, I don't think. You know, look at the Man United victory, uh the Man United loss, sorry, obviously that being really poor, but then you know the 
But Nunes, four goals. You can't read in too many into too many situations in the preseason. But I think in a game like that against City, um, you know, it was a really competitive fixture for a friendly, which was good to see. It was a good game of football from both teams. Liverpool definitely deserved to win it. Um, you know, they, t- they took their chances when they got them. And uh, for City, and unfortunately for Haaland, he's going to be a bit of a laughing stock on social media for the next couple of days, um, which, you know, is what it is. We've had it for, from Nunes for a few, you know, a few weeks, strangely enough. Um, but that's just the clowns of social media for you. Um, I mean, it, it does kind of feel like we're going into the season as, you know, who's the better striker, Darwin Nunes or Haaland? And, you know, so be it. Let, let you know, the media and the talk sport journalists um, do, do all that because... It's, at the end of the day, it's down to the two teams and how they play. And I think I think Liverpool are going to be a bit more fluid than City this year. Something just makes me feel like Haaland's not necessarily going to fit into that team. Just looking at that game today, there was quite a lot of times where he didn't judge his run, particularly at the right time, where De Bruyne was going to slip him in. It's going to take a while for them to gel, I think. And if Liverpool can hit the ground running up until um, when the World Cup starts. We could get a nice little ground ahead of us there. Now, I'm not saying Man City are going to be poor this year, but I just feel like a lot of the times when the season's been won, it's been won at the start. You know, whoever's been ahead early tends to go on and win it. Um, And I feel like that might happen again this season. But in terms of individuals uh, in the games, for Liverpool, I thought we were really good. Uh, I thought Robertson was really good. Um, defensively, we didn't have too much to do, to be honest. We looked quite attacking. Um, Fabinho was really good. Thiago. Henderson was really up for it. You could tell that, you know, maybe he's maybe he's feeling like his position might be not untouchable, but, you know, he, he might have to get alternated throughout the season. So he was really putting a shift in, it felt like, there today. Um, Luis Diaz was incredible I'd say maybe he was man of the match for me I thought he was superb he's just such a live wire isn't he he just never stops it's that South American tenaciousness that you just got to love about him um, talking about South American tenaciousness Darwin Nunes coming off the bench there what a footballer he is going to be you know he just he looks the part and he, you know he let his actions speak for themselves today um, Salah was really good Funnily enough, he he looked quite unselfish today, um, which was kind of polar opposite to what we looked at last season. He played in a different manner, I thought, today, um, which was quite interesting. And I think Klopp just said it at the end there, the substitutions made a big difference, and I agree with him there. I think a lot of the times you can bring subs on and they don't do too much, but I felt like each and every sub that he brought on, even in the latter stages, made a contribution towards the game um, in one way or another. Um, and like I say, it's it, it. I think it's just really, really encouraging to see that these lads look like they're up for the season. You know, they look like they're ready, um, which is really important. Hopefully, Allison, like like uh, the rumours will say, he's going to be back for next week. So I think that's really important. Adrian still, still has me on it on on toes. You know, I just I can't trust the fellow after Atletico Madrid just before COVID. I can't get that out of my mind. But he wasn't awful today. Um, you know, he, he is a, he's a third keeper for a reason. Um, but like I say, you know, winning trophies, good habit to be in. Um, obviously, we've got one more preseason game tomorrow, which should be good for especially a lot of the kids, etc. Um, seeing Liverpool 
have uh, offered some free tickets to some people that have uh, experienced um, a lot of trauma during the, the final in Paris, which is really good. I think that's really important for the fans to feel connected to the club in that aspect. I think that's really important. Um, and then obviously we go into the season next week, early kickoff against Fulham. Um, yeah, I'm really excited for the season. Can't wait. Up the Reds. Hi, this is Owen from Cop On Podcast. Watch out, the Jurgenaut is back. And isn't it funny how, even after a couple of months have elapsed, some things seem to remain exactly the same? For example, the two best teams in England are still the two best teams in England. Liverpool's counterpress is still cheating spouse devastating. Mo Salah is still one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Martin Tyler still sounds as thrilled as a hermit receiving an eviction notice. And on a personal note, I still utterly adore these Reds. Isn't it also Funny, though, how some things after some time has elapsed are utterly unfamiliar. Excuse me, utterly unfamiliar. For example, Liverpool bringing on a six-foot-two centre-forward who isn't Divock, and this forward proceeds to wreak havoc, getting four big chances in just 30 minutes, winning a crucial penalty, scoring a lovely stooping header and ripping off his shirt to reveal a torso so chiselled. Had Michelangelo been around to see it, he would already be chipping away at a marble block. What an impact from Starwin crashing into life in England. The crater he's made is astronomically large. The real business starts next weekend, though, of course, against Fulham. But if this match holds any portent for what's to come, then this is Owen from Cop On Podcast saying it's going to be demented. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's very satisfying 3-1 win over Manchester City. Uh, What a great curtain raiser that was for us. Uh, The first thing I was really delighted with was the look on Fabinho's face. As he was in the tunnel, he just looked all business, just wanted to get on with it. He's clearly, um, you know, seen it all before. He's done everything and yet he's still got the hunger to get down to business and achieve everything that we can as a, as a football club. And um, he's really developing into not just a fine player, but a leader of the club, I think. And uh, I think that was very much reflected with his performance on the field. And there were so many good performances across the field today. I thought our defence was very, very sound. Um, Joel Matip being selected ahead of Ibrahim Konate. I look forward to, once again to seeing how uh, Jürgen makes those decisions week after week. And I suspect it'll be a case of giving Matip plenty of football, but continuing to protect him from potential injury by bringing in Konate, who's, who's still got plenty to learn and there's so much more potential to come from him fine player don't forget he got the selection in the Champions League final and that's an indication of how much uh, Jurgen Klopp respects his abilities a um, couple of small gripes or one one gripe anyway concerning Andy Robertson I, I made the point previously that 
I think he panics a bit or the blood rushes to his head when he's in front of goal. And a couple of examples of that. There was the header in the first half. I think we all could see at the time that he probably should have headed that one back. Uh, pulled the ball back effectively um, for someone else to come on to. He tends to just, uh, you know, smash his opportunities. And, and, he, and there was another example of that in the second half. Mind you, let's be very fair. Uh, his his head for Darwin Nunez to to get that third goal was uh, a very intelligent one. And uh, I think he just needs a little bit of calmness in front of goal. I was hoping that maybe they could have developed that in the off-season. I hope if they are that they continue to work on it because we need we need goals from full-back. Liverpool have a fine tradition of of scoring goals from the full-back position. And Andy Robertson is very much... Um, in line with the the fine fullbacks that we've had in in years gone by, Trent Alexander Arnold is a very different kind of fullback, of course, very much a, creating um, a unique new style for that position. But you know, Andy Robertson has a a lot in common with uh, showing my age fullbacks of the Alan Kennedy ilk and and Phil Neal, who used to burst forward and make um, good attacking, overlapping runs and, and score goals and. and we want a little bit more of that from Andy Robertson. Clearly, he, he's providing plenty of assists, but he does get in goal-scoring opportunities and we want him to take as many of those as we possibly can. Great to see Darwin Nunez come on and be so involved. I don't think it's going to be a question of him getting immediately introduced into the team. And we've seen a hint of that with the starting lineup today, the fact that Firmino was, uh, was preferred in the starting eleven. I think it will take a little bit of a bedding in period. I've got full confidence that it will all come to fruition and work out very well. But there's a few cultural things I think he probably needs to learn. Of course, first and foremost, that's going to be the way he works on the field in line with what Jürgen wants him and the team to do. There's a couple of things, you know, the uh, rolling around on the ground a little bit too much, maybe when he went down. Um, and the the this celebration which of course was a, a result of you know his great relief at having scored in a in a full you know in a proper game and scored such a decisive goal as well but down on his knees at the final whistle a little bit out of sync with the rest of the players who of course have have won everything let's face it so it's not quite such a big deal for the rest of the players of course but he'll he'll meld into the the Liverpool way in time and I, there's nobody better to manage that than Jurgen Klopp um, I, I always remember, and I always go back to how long it took Fabinho to become a proper Liverpool player in the Jurgen Klopp style. And um, I think it could be as long as it took Fabinho, and that, and that would be right up to Christmas uh, and beyond. It, was, it took that long for Fabinho to get a, a regular place in the starting lineup, and maybe that's the way it'll be for Darwin Nunez. I completely trust Jurgen to handle that very, very well. Really, really pleased to get one over Manchester City. Uh, this is the, as I understand it, the final trophy that uh, that this group of players and the manager, you know, had, had not won. And it's great to see us having done that now. And I think there's so much more to come. It's going to be, it's going to be a great season to get one over Manchester City, who seemed to be pretty much at full strength to me, was uh, very, very important mentally and emotionally for the season to come. 
and I have high hopes. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. A really good performance from Liverpool, actually, in the Community Shield, obviously beating Manchester City 3-1. And I always think that Manchester City have had such fantastic success over the last few years. And if you were to look at it just on a, let's say, for example, you looked at the the trophy list and you're seeing that Manchester City had won how many over the last few years and Liverpool had won one league title. And, you know, someone was to say to you, this is a massive rivalry. These two teams are fantastic, but you're only actually seeing the name of the winner you would wonder where the rivalry's been because obviously City have come out on the right side of it so many times, especially obviously domestically. So I feel that with that confidence that City will have gained from that over the years and obviously having such a fantastic manager, fantastic players and a fantastic budget to acquire players as well, I do believe that because there's such a small percentage gap in the two teams and how good they are, that any, any victory you can obtain against such a direct rival is massive really and really, really important. So I, I, I'm massively pleased that Liverpool were able to, to win the game, but also in the authority they showed in the game to be able to win it. I mean, don't get me wrong that they had a poor spell just before half-time where they were dominated and started the second half slowly. But I felt they regained control after that and finished the stronger the, the two teams who were deserving winners on the day. So make no mistake about it, obviously the losers will say, you know, it doesn't matter, it's still a pre-season friendly, that'll be their context. But for the winners, obviously they can see it as a stepping stone to, to more success and, and obviously winning games games never um, is a bad thing for a, a team who've, who've won a lot and continues to have that winning feeling, especially against the team that you're going to be coming up against for all the, all the big trophies on offer this season. So obviously taking away from that was the, the, I suppose, the little bits and pieces to come out of the game, really. Obviously, it's massively important for Darwin Nunes. I felt it was a really good second-half performance when he came onto the field of play. Caused chaos, really. And I think with the early sort of impressions of, of, of Darwin Nunes are that he is a player who's going to get in really good areas a massive amount of times in, in, in games. And obviously, with Liverpool dominating the ball so much, you imagine that from the early sort of evidence, whether it be in the air, whether it be between the whiff of the post, whether it be running, being behind, pulling out wide. He's a very direct player who will impact the outcome of games by being able to score goals, basically. I think not only does the eye test tell you that in the little we've seen of him in sort of pre-season and how many chances he's actually got, but also in terms of, if you look at his numbers from... I know it's different, obviously, a different level of league, but if you look at his numbers from the Portuguese league and how deadly he is when he actually gets in areas and how consistently he is able to have shots of the opposition goal, then you imagine that Liverpool have got a player who they probably haven't had for a number of years, obviously, since Klopp's tenure. It's very different in playing with Roberto Firmino as a nine and a half. We know the skills that he has in terms of dropping in and connecting midfield to attack. Obviously, Darwin Nunes looks like he's going to play on the shoulder the last man and offer you a completely different dynamic. But I feel that it's one that Liverpool could really benefit from. I always believe it's important to acquire different players with different skill sets and change the way you attack over a period of time. And I mentioned on the podcast last week, I felt it was a good sale for Liverpool at the time for Manny, who'd been a fantastic player for Liverpool, but was very much coming to out of his peak. I believe he had come out of that peak level, although it was still fantastic world-class player 
I did believe he'd come out of that peak zone and obviously with Liverpool already having Luis Diaz, who for me has the ceiling to potentially be the best player in the league. I think he's that good. And obviously now with having Nunes as that central attacking threat and as well as Manny did in that central area, I do believe at the stage of career Manny's at and the trajectory of how I've seen his overall game, I would say drop. Um, not considerably, but I think there was telltale signs that whilst he was still scoring goals and contributing massively to the team, that overall game and that little bit of sharpness, I believe, that he possessed at his absolute peak had declined. And I feel that Nunes will be an upgrade on that over the next few years from the ceiling that Manny career could have, have gone on to hit at this point, obviously, at that age. So, yeah, really, really positive. And I believe that obviously all the evidence shows that he's going to get a number of chances in many games for Liverpool. And very often, probably be the deciding factor in terms of the numbers telling you how clinically he is in finishing the ball. I don't think any player had that better conversion rate in Europe last season. Pay, obviously, an amount of games played, shots taken out, all, all in relation to that. So... Obviously, really, really important and it giving him a lot of confidence, obviously, with his being his debut. And the other one, big one for me to come out of the game was just the system. And it wasn't just to come out of the game, really. I think it's come out of pre-season. I did mention again on the podcast last week, I felt Liverpool would stick to 4-3-3. I felt they've had too much success and continue to have too much success. Obviously, last season, nearly acquiring all the prizes on offer, both domestically and obviously in Europe as well, that I, I didn't see Klopp changing that. I mean, I know... Obviously, he's had moments within his Liverpool career which he's adapted the system within games very much more often than from the start of games. But this is normally in games where Liverpool are dominating the fixture, have a, a team camped in their own half. They don't necessarily have to think about a lot of what the opposition can offer back in terms of an attacking threat. And basically, it just maybe allows Liverpool, with that superiority, to get players in higher positions on the field or different positions on the field to play when they're so superior. Now, that's a lot different when you're starting games and obviously adopting a different, different bottom tactical setup from the off. And so it, there has been no suggestion or no evidence within pre-season or the Manchester City game that it will be anything different than the obviously 4-3-3 system that we've become accustomed to. And obviously the reason I always believed that was there's so much work been done and so much success been had from the manager to the players with this setup. I mean, it's almost like clockwork how they, they're in relation to the movements they make both on and off the ball. I mean, you only have to look at how the fullbacks jump and take up a higher position when the opposition are trying to play out. And obviously, uh, the jump onto the opposition fullbacks, the free centre forwards, then play narrow, not allowing any space through the lines. And then Fabino obviously mops up the players in behind the fullbacks when they've obviously jumped on. So there's a there's there's distinct patterns there throughout the game which are embedded into Liverpool. And there'd been no signs within last season that that was going to change. And again, with the ball, you're talking about the movements that Liverpool's players will make. And now that will change slightly with having Darwin Nunes as the, the point of the attack because obviously he's going to play as a higher player where normally Liverpool got all their height from the wide players making runs from out to in. So then dynamics sorry, may change slightly. However, in general, it will be that system. And the players who have now come into the squad 
will have to adapt and find game time and find their preferred positions within that system rather than Klopp adapting the system, adapting a system to them, if that makes sense. So Klopp isn't going to think, well, OK, I've got this player. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to change the system in order to, to best suit this, this particular individual. And again, that's probably the right way to go because you've got to be a special individual for the manager to, to do that. And Liverpool are too much about the collective, in my opinion, for that to, to happen. I mean, as an example, you know, you've got players in Fabio Carvalho, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, for example, who all feasibly could play as a number 10 if Liverpool were to change the system, say to a 4-2-3-1. But they're not that required level in which Liverpool would adapt their system. And that's not against these players, but they're not at that stage in the career. They may, may never reach that ceiling for Liverpool to then think about, well, this player is that good. We're going to have to build a system around a change in, in it of an individual. So they were the two big things for me. Obviously, it'll be interesting to see how the likes of Elliot, Jones, Carvalho find minutes within the 4-3-3 and what, what their preferred positions will be selected by Jürgen Klopp. But really good, important win today and a good, a really good psychological marker to make on Manchester City. Mark Baker with the final say here on the post-game podcast. Well, the Reds up and running for the new campaign as Darwin sparks delirium while City left hung up on Holland. You've been listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.